Hey guys, it's it's been a minute. It's been a minute since we've had a chance to talk. This is our first uh, small group leadership podcast weekend review podcast of the 2018-2019 small group season, and it is so good to be back. It's been a few months since we've recorded a podcast, but we are jumping back in. And so for all of our first-time leaders, let me just say thanks, guys. Thanks so much for jumping in the game this year. Thanks for being willing to help us lead and, and care for our church. And also, thank you to all of you veterans that had just faithfully served Jesus through our small group ministries year in, year out. We're excited for what this year has to hold. And as we are jumping into week three, this small group season is in full swing, full swing. So we are back at it again. And since it's week three, before we jump into our announcements and into the intersect, there's one thing in business that we really need you guys to take care of this week. And that is with this being the third week, we need you guys to get your group to commit to what we're going to be doing this year in small groups. And so we'd love for you to get that commitment form that we handed to you at the uh, kickoff dinner. If you've already lost that form, uh, don't worry. We have it available on our website. Just go to the media page, call all the way down to the hub. That's where you can find this podcast, but it's also where you can find all of our small group resources. And right there is the commitment form. Go ahead and print it out. We'd love for each and every single group to sign that. What we found out is where I know sometimes it's awkward to ask for commitment from your people, the groups to get their, um, the leaders who get their groups to commit uh, seem to have a better year every single time is because this is not just something that we want people to kind of do when they want, but rather we want people to commit to small groups to say, no, we're going to make this a priority. And when people do that, uh, the group is much, much healthier. So get them to sign that commitment. After you get them to sign the commitment, we have a couple announcements. The first announcement is... We have a partners class coming up October 7th and 14th, and we would love for you to talk about that in your small groups. But more importantly, if you have never gone to the partners class as a small group leader, we would love for you to, uh, to jump in and to take the class this time. So October 7th and 14th coming out for that. We don't do membership here. We do partnerships because we want you to partner with what God is doing with us in us and through us as a church. And so go ahead and do that. After the partnership classes, we want you to talk real quickly about the fact that we have some men's and women's events coming up. So uh, lots of different opportunities for your people to get connected and get into the game. So don't miss out on that. Please chat with your group briefly about those two things. With that being said, we're going to jump into the intersect. And I just want to say that um, getting into week three of the Fearless series, we are jumping into the deep end of the pool with the story of the golden calf this week. And so um, after you do your kind of commitment form and partnership class announcements and stuff, I really feel like you might want to do just five or 10 minutes maybe of some icebreaker questions, get some get to know you questions, um, would you rathers or just, yeah, something to kind of get some conversation going because quite frankly, this this week's topic is going to be a little bit heavier and kind of in the deep end of the pool, especially if you have a newer group that doesn't really know each other yet. Just a little bit of relational investment at the beginning of this group, it will pay off dividends later as you ask the people open up and really share what's going on when it talks about the sin that God might want to cut out of their lives. And so go ahead and jump in with that. After you do that, work your way through that first kind of looking back to the weekend, uh, asking if they have any questions, anything that stuck out to them for the weekend service. It's a great kind of easy question to jump in. <clears throat> and then taking you to that second question that Steve asked there is uh, talking about how uh, 
we're not supposed to be a joke or a jerk. And so the question he asks there is, when have you seen Christians become a kind of joke and or jerk in, in the past? One thing I want you to preface this question with before we even ask it is make sure to say, hey, we're not, we're not saying names. We're not calling people out. You know, you can't say, well, well, my dad was a jerk, well, you know, or my kid was a jerk or my, my boss is a jerk or we're not putting names on it. And so just give that warning first. It'll go well, especially for our married couples. Um, but then I also think that sometimes we ask these questions that are pretty, fairly general. So how have you seen this in other people? Hmm. Maybe we should ask the better question would be if that does not get anybody kind of rolling how have you, and the follow-up question would be, how have you been a joke or a jerk in the past? And uh, that could be, a, could be a lively question in the mixed groups. It could be a great question if people are really going to be honest and open. Uh, but actually, thinking across the Steve sermon this weekend, I feel like there's another question that we could ask here, and a question where he really sat on, on quite a bit in the sermon. I sat through the second service on Sunday morning, and in that sermon in that service, Steve really kind of uh, pressed into uh, the fact that we don't just fall into sin, but rather we slide into sin. I thought he just had a great analogy there of actually being on a slide and how oftentimes it starts off fun, but then we end up where we don't want to be. And so I thought like another question that we can ask after this joke or jerk question was, how have you seen this sl- the sin slide in your own life or in the lives around you? So how have you kind of not just like fallen into sin, but rather have you seen that slow slide into sin in your own life? And then if you have been on that slow slide, because I know I have, I know that when Steve was preaching this weekend, I was like, man, I, I could see that just all throughout my life about how I just slowly slid into p- patterns and behaviors that I did not want to do. So if you've done that, how can, if you're on that sin slide, how, what can you do to recognize that you're on it? Again, how can you begin to see that, man, I, I am slowly falling away from God and then after you recognize it, maybe ask your group, what are some things that you can do to get off of it? How can you, how can you get off of that sin slide? Give some practical kind of wisdom on how maybe they've avoided falling away from God or sliding away from God in their lives. Ask you after, after you ask those two questions, we got some verses that we want you to kind of jump into and, and, and kind of look at verses that we're talking about. How does God want to cut off or cut back things in our lives in order that we can receive more of him. So the first passage that, that we're having you go to is Mark 9. And, and Steve mentioned this passage at the very end of his sermon. <coughs> Sorry. Steve mentioned this very end of his sermon. And so if you haven't listened to it, go back, listen to the podcast again. There's some great inf- information there. But this is the passage where, where Jesus is calling us to cut off our hand or cut off our foot or gouge out our eye, really to do drastic measures. That's the point of this is to have take drastic measures to cut away, to get rid of the sin in our lives. But what Steve kind of brought into this in the sermon was he had a great line there about how Jesus doesn't want to just put us on hospice care. So Jesus is not just interested in treating symptoms. Jesus is not just interested in making us comfortable when it comes to sin, but rather Jesus wants to do corrective surgery in our lives. And so I thought maybe a great question here is after you read through the Mark chapter nine is, is what, what, in what ways have you accepted just hospice care in your life? In what ways have you just accepted the treatment of the symptoms of sin instead of the surgery that is needed to get rid of the sin in your life? 
Because I feel like lots of us just seek after that, 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 that pain management in our lives. We're just looking to, to, to take care of the symptoms of sin and not really go after it. So that could be a good follow-up question. How have you accepted pain management when it comes to sin and not gone after corrective surgery? The second passage and the third passage actually run together, I feel. And so I feel like John and Hebrews both work well together. Uh, but in John, uh, Steve just had us go through the first three verses. And those first three verses are the verses of how God wants to cut things back in our lives, that, that really the pruning of the vine and how God wants to get rid of the, the dead weight, rather, to, to allow the fruit of, of his spirit to come to fruition in our lives. But what I want to challenge us to do as leaders is not just to stop at verse three, but rather to follow all the way through to to the end of verse eight. And the reason why I want to do that is because once we get to verse four, Jesus is going to tell us how we can be um, or how that pruning process is going to take place. In, or rather, if we want to be pruned, if we want God to cut the things back in our lives, there's one thing that we must do in order to receive that pruning from him. And that can be summed up in one word, and that is to remain. Jesus says if we, if we want to have that, lie, that, that full and alive, vibrant life that he offers us, we have to remain in him. And so uh, I want you to read to the end of verse 8, and then go to Hebrews 12. But don't just read 12.1, but read 12.1 and 2, because what you'll see in 12.1 is it, what Jesus says, or what the writer of Hebrews says, that we need to cut off every weight and every sin that is holding us back but in verse 2, it says we do this by keeping our eyes focused on Jesus, by, by remaining in him. And so what I would suggest is reading John and Hebrews together and then maybe asking the question, what, do, what would it look like for you to remain in Christ? What are the practical things that you need to have? What are the habits, the daily habits in your life that you need to have in place in order for you to remain in him? Well, this might seem like it could be an easy answer. Oh, just read your Bible, pray. Those are great things. But here's what I know. God has uniquely and wonderfully made each of us individual, individually. And so there are individual things that we can do to remain. And so have your group share. What are those things that help us, help us stir our affections for Jesus, stir our love for Jesus? What are those things that help us personally stay connected to him? Because they'll be different around the group and maybe encourage one another with those things as a way to remain. And then lastly here, uh, the last question, question number four. This is a heavy question where we're going to ask, what are those areas in your life that need to be cut away or cut back in order for you to receive the fullness in Christ? So we're going to straight up ask, what are those sins that are weighing you down? The big things or maybe the little things? Because this is a heavy question, I feel like this is going to be a great question. If your group is going to be open and honest, we're, we're in it. This is, the, this is the time. But this question should not be done in a mixed group. I, I do not see how this question can go well between the guys and the gals. So really, this is the, that question number four. After you read the John passage and the Hebrews passage, split. Go to split time. Leave there enough time where you don't just pray in split time, but where you can really tackle this question. And then my suggestion is that this question then turns into your prayer time. So you don't have to do prayer, you don't have to do prayer requests. If they answer question number four, those are your prayer requests. And so leave a good chunk of your split time there to say, okay, what are those things we need to cut away right now? 
And then if somebody is bold enough and brave enough to say, okay, I need to get rid of this in my life. I need to get rid of the alcohol. I need to get rid of the porn. I need to get rid of whatever those things that Steve is sharing this weekend. If somebody shares that, leaders, you circle around that man, that lady, and you pray for them. And you pray for them. Let those be your prayer requests this week. I feel like this could be a really, really great week. I feel like God can break some bondages of sin this week. I'm excited for what he's going to do. Know that Beth, myself, and our small group coaching team is praying for you. We're so grateful for you. We're looking for what God has in store for you this week in small groups. Thank you so much, guys. We'll talk to you all next week.